Welcome to Courtney Barrett Radio. I'm Courtney and I'm your spiritual side hustle coach. I'm a former corporate sales rep turned spiritual business coach and breathwork facilitator. I am obsessed with helping you launch your online coaching business, sign your first clients and balance it all with your nine to five. Let's be real. There's no guidebook for 20 something women on how to handle the post-grad world of businesses, jobs, money, spirituality, and life. But if you're anything like me, I know you want to own your power to create major impact, start that business, and manifest your divine abundance. So consider this your spiritual yet down-to-earth bestie, sharing her experiences and tips for you to make your own rules. You're ready for this, babe. Now grab your favorite crystal and journal and keep listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Cordy Barrett Radio. I am so excited to have a special guest with me today. So with me, I have Christina Sternese, who is a marketing and mindset mentor for coaches looking to elevate their offer and messaging to turn followers into high paying clients. So I'm sure with everything I just said, you're already getting so excited. This is going to be such a juicy episode. So Christina, thank you so much for being here and welcome to the show. Yes, thank you. It's so nice to be here. So thank you for having me. You're welcome. I'm so excited to ask you all these questions today because I know a lot of what we're going to talk about is things that are on my community's mind. And I really just cannot wait to get into it. So for anyone who doesn't know you yet, do you want to share a little bit more about you and your work? Yeah, absolutely. So my business is like, (laughs) it's my passion, it's my baby, (laughs) but I've been a career long saleswoman. And throughout my journey, I had digital marketing and different various positions in sales. A few years ago, I think six years ago now, I had a digital marketing job that pretty much fell on my lap. And I was selling online digital real estate to small to medium sized businesses across Canada, like more brick and mortars. Mm -hmm. And that is when I fell in love with all things digital. I learned all about Facebook, all about SEM, SEO. Like I just was head over heels with marketing. (laughs) And then I, when I actually first started in that role, I'm like, I told my manager that one day I'm going to be a sales manager here and help transition people to really like elevate their sales experience. And so after a lot of awards, I eventually got the promotion of being a sales manager. And um, funny enough, I actually took over my manager's role because he moved (laughs) on to a different department. (laughs) And so it was like this complete 180. And after a lot of um, departmental shutdowns, I transitioned, I was fortunate enough to be kept and transitioned to um, the Facebook team where we did content marketing and strategies for the brick and mortars. And that is when I just started to learn about the other side of the business and went deep into the psychology of content and marketing and sales, where I was just I knew I had like that deeper calling, but I really wasn't able to find my footing. And I was running a wedding planning business at that time. Oh, you're doing a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I, I was, I was trying all the things with like network marketing. I was just trying to like really find out. I knew I wanted to help people and I knew I wanted to change lives. I knew that I really wanted to be in the sales and marketing aspect, but I, I didn't know about the online coaching world. It was foreign to me. And then one day I discovered it. 
And here I am, I just transitioned everything that I knew into the online space and just went on this like self-discovery journey where I'm like, oh, I can actually take my expertise and bring it online. I'm like, what? Say no more. Like I'm in, I want that. <laughs> and so I did exactly that. And, and here I am is giving all of knowledge back to um, coaches, primarily work with coaches that are looking to scale their business using social media. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I absolutely love your story. And I can definitely resonate with a lot of what you said, because I actually used to work in sales and the events industry myself. And oh, amazing. that I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is so me. And working in sales, I felt like I always kind of had this like side eye of like looking at marketing and being like, oh, I kind of like that too. Like that's kind of cool. But (laughs) I am so (laughs) excited to dive in because I just have so many questions I want to ask you. So um, I'm really curious. I know you also talk a lot about mindset. So was that something that interested you before like jumping into the online world or something that was kind of like a more recent discovery? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So I've been as uh, like on a self mindset Olympics, basically, of (laughs) always wanting to be better and always wanting to strive for that inner excellence. So mindset work has something is something that I've always done. However, it became so much more apparent when I switched when I came into the online world, I feel like as soon as I came on the online world, my confidence and everything just shattered. And then I had to like rebuild myself up again because it was, it's such a different beast. And I'm like, it was so different. So mindset, I love always, I'm such a self-development junkie, but coming into the online space, I'm like business and coaching and, and mindset are like really two peas in a pod. And it's mm. hard to have one without the, without the other, because everything does stem from fears and limiting beliefs and your confidence. So I like, I, I decided to more so recently intertwine the two. Cause I found that there was like this gap where it was either mindset coaching or you're investing too much in strategy and not enough in coat in, in mindset work. So I, I kind of married them together and found like a sweet spot of where with my clients it's they want the strategy but then it's like okay but we got some like mindset work to do in order to move to the next so yeah I I kind of married them together and something that I've always been passionate about yeah that's really awesome and I find that a lot of sales is mindset work too especially Mm -hmm. with how much like rejection you can face or Mm -hmm. even just working up the confidence to talk to someone totally random Um, So even coming from that world and then jumping into the online business, like being your own business, having, you know, your vision out in the world is kind of like, like you said, it's like a whole new thing where it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. now I'm really like sharing what's inside of me with the world. And even though I'm used to this kind of feeling, it's like amplified when it's your own vision. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And being such a like overachiever and type A like personality, it's like, going from selling products and services for other people, it's like, okay, but I did that so well. Like where, where am I struggling to sell like myself and my own brand? Because it's, it's so different. Yeah. And it's not, you don't want to make it personal, but you tend to, because it's like, (laughs) well, they're not saying no to you as a person. They're saying no to the, like, so many different factors, but. But it feels like there are some. It it does. Yeah. (laughs) So it's so different. Mm -hmm. Amazing. So kind of playing off of that, I know that one of your biggest passions is helping coaches really crush through those fears, right? So I'm curious to hear, like, what fear do you see come up the most often? And how can we overcome it? 
That's a great question of huge, a huge one that like I see a lot is, well, to one, a lot of people are, uh, there's an underlining fear of success. It's like they really, really, really want it. And they, they, they're doing all of the things, but they're blocking themselves because they feel that if they become successful and typically the, the thing that most people are, or there's only a few things that we're afraid of is either not to be like mortal here but it's either dying or like a loud noise right you get startled and everything else is literally made up and so I find that they say that they want the success but there's a conflicting issue of I want that but if I have it then I'm afraid of losing love and connection with people with like my partner or my friends or my family like people are going to look at me different and so there's like that big fear of if I become successful, then I'm going to lose this. So I have to sacrifice something. Mm -hmm. And one of the way, like one of the ways that you can, like I help my clients overcome this is really getting down to why, where have they learned that from? Like, Mm -hmm. did a family member like lose something or did you lose connection because maybe your parents were working all the time? So you feel like if you're working all the time, you're going to have that same life. But really coming down to one, is it true? Like, is it like, are there, is it factual? Like, is it, Mm. is there belief and stats of, okay, if I get this, then I have to sacrifice that Mm. or is it made up? And hundred percent of the time it's made up. And so I really go down to what outcomes do you want to produce Mm -hmm. and what obstacles are going to get in the way of producing that? And so now that we know that, how can we prevent that from happening? If you can kind of predict the future of this is what's going to come up for me, mm-hmm. well, let's be aware of that now because awareness is the first phase, it's key. And then it's, okay, well, how can we create a new story to that? Yeah. And whether it's repeating it to yourself daily, whether you have like it on post-it notes or something, it just constantly reminding yourself of why it's not true until it just, until you really repair your, reparent your brain and that subconscious belief. So one deep work is really like rerouting, like rewiring your thoughts and really finding out where they came from. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I found that something that's been so powerful for me and actually having that reason behind it and not just, you know, some kind of random generic affirmation, like actually having a story of like, okay, here's the proof. Like, this is why it's not true. Like I I cannot argue with myself right now. (laughs) Exactly. And I know when a lot of the times people are like, yeah, say mantras, do this, do that. But as you say it, you have that other voice that's like, no, you're a liar. (laughs) Like it comes up. Right. And so it's really finding what actually works for you in -hmm. that mantra rather than just saying it because you think you have to say it or, Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's really just re-saying it until you believe it, but really aligning it to what it is that you want. And like that subconscious belief. Yeah, for sure. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about elevating our offers. So a lot of the women listening are kind of new to the coaching world and crafting their signature offers. So I'd love to hear from Mm. you, you know, how you take your clients on that journey and creating, you know, this juicy, irresistible offer that is just so exciting to talk about and that aligned clients are really, really drawn to. Yeah, that's, that's a great one. I love this topic because a lot of the times people create these offers and they feel like they have an offer, but it's like, 
well, not really. You have like a pitch, but it's not really an offer. <laughs> so um, one of the ways is obviously getting really zoned into your zone of genius, your experience, mm-hmm. and really understanding who it is that you can help. Is it from, because a lot of the times people forget their past experience, their corporate, their schooling, they, all of that, the certifications, whatever experience they were like bringing on, it's, it's like, all of that is forgotten. Mm -hmm. And it's really remembering, okay, what was the journey? Like, what is the starting point? And essentially, typically your ideal client is a past version of you. So you want to think about where are they? What is their starting point? And if, for an example, you are a business coach, you're not selling business coaching, right? It's you're selling an intangible offer. You're selling maybe the specific problem that you help as a business coach is, I mean, I can take myself as an example, is really helping people refine their messaging and their offer so they can, and then hitting those 5k months. So you're selling the solution. So what's the transformation that you provide? So you really want to break it down in, okay, this is the starting point. This is where my client is entering from. And you want to make sure like everyone is entering at that same point because it's this very specific problem that you're going to solve. And then you want to break it down to the milestones. What do they need to do in order to get to that big transformation? So I would typically reverse engineer it. So if I know my client or my ideal client is struggling with sales and making 5k months. Okay. What do they need to do? Because really that gap is in the clarity process. So I know if they're starting from point a, they might have an offer. Um, maybe they have like a foundation, but it's not a solid, solid foundation. They didn't really lay those bricks down perfectly in order to move on to the next phase. So really finding the point A to point B. And then that's where you come in in the middle and then really figuring out all of the different milestones that they need to go through in order to achieve the big transformation that you're promising. Mm -hmm. So I would say even like as an example, like with network marketers, like they're not selling a protein shake or a product. They're selling, maybe their ideal client is helping those want to lose weight postpartum weight or getting wedding ready and they want to lose like the last five, 10 pounds. So you want to think about what is that tangible specific result that you are giving them? Because a lot of the times people are like, live your best life or something vague. (laughs) Like what does that mean? And what does it mean for that person? So getting really, really, really specific on, okay, who are they really going down to what, Like, what does it mean specifically to them? What are the specifics of it? And who is it specifically for? And literally, how are you going to do it? Mm -hmm. And so those are the questions that you would want to ask yourself in order to make it tangible, in order to really find out, like, the root issue that you solve. Mm -hmm. Because one thing that I do see often is... um, for example, like life coaching, like that is very broad, right? So what does life coaching really mean? Are you help? Like sometimes people might say, I help you have a better life. Okay. Who specifically are you helping have a better life? Is it couples? Is it maybe 
um, divorced moms? Is it people that are 25 and going through a quarter life crisis? Like what, like, what is it specifically and who is it specifically for? And then really just mapping out. I know I'm like on a tangent here. I get so passionate about talking about this and can literally talk about it for years. Like this is such a huge module of like what, um, what I teach and barely scratches the surface, but it's really figuring out who it's specifically for. And I feel like a lot of people miss that mark Mm -hmm. is they go very generic and they're not really sure about that tangible outcome that they provide. So kind of going back to the drawing board and asking yourself those questions to really identify who that person is. So you show up with power, you show up with authority, you become an authority or seen as an authority because you're very specific to one person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was seriously such gold. I'm so excited <laughs> to do that and like take a billion notes. And I just, I feel like it's so important, even tying it back to what you were saying about that fear of success, right? Because a lot of times what I've noticed is mm-hmm. that, you know, we tend to keep things generic because we don't want to leave people out, right? And we feel yeah. like nervous about it. If we niche down, if we got really specific without a line client, then, you know, what about the rest of the people? But we yeah. realize that <laughs> we're not really speaking to anybody. That, and that can even be where it's hard to come up with content ideas. Mm-hmm. Because we talk about literally anything in the world. <laughs> right. And each of those are so different. Like each of them have a different problem. And it's not you and I'm sure like you can help everyone it's not to question your capabilities but it's you come so much more appealing to one specific person and you really do want to niche down I mean especially if you're just starting out in those early stages because and and I'm sure people may have heard this saying is speaking to everyone is speaking to no one Mm -hmm. and one one analogy I love to use with my clients that then they just have that aha moment is there are a billion people online. And <laughs> if you have a product or if you're, as an example, we'll take the life coach and you're selling life coaching, you're like, or actually let's take the fitness example. If you are a fitness coach and you're helping people get fit, you feel like I need to get clients. I need so many clients in order to achieve my goals. But if you niche down and say you help mom specifically lose postpartum weight, one, you can charge high ticket because you solve a very specific problem for a very specific person who is very willing to pay you to have their problem solved, right? They're, they're looking for that solution. So then you're shifting that mindset to, okay, you know what? I only need seven moms per year. In an entire year, all I need is to find seven moms in the world <laughs> or on a platform <laughs> with a billion people. It's just seven it becomes so much more doable and you're coming from that place of, okay, I'm going to write content to this specific person. Mm-hmm. So it's really shifting that perspective from speaking to everyone and feeling like you need everybody rather than, okay, I just need seven moms. That's it. That's doable. Yeah. It sounds a lot easier. When- <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. So I really want to hear a little bit more about you know, attracting these aligned clients, you know, a lot of what I hear from my community is, you know, they're in the space where maybe they have been plugging away for a few months and they're still, you know, wondering where that first client is and, or maybe they're in the space where they have gotten a couple of clients, but they feel like they've kind of plateaued and, you know, no matter how much they offer discovery calls, no one's really booking them. So I'd love to hear any tips you have for that. 
Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to definitely unpack. There is if it's a a messaging problem or a sales problem. So it could be anywhere in in between that, but we can take it as we'll we'll take it as the content problem since it's the topic we're talking about. Mm. Um, Typically there's two reasons. So either they're not seeing the value because maybe you're not speaking specifically enough to one person. So your messaging is a little off and it's not tailored or targeted. And so if you're getting a ton of, or if you're not even getting any inquiries or yeah, well, if we'll take the first one, if you're not getting any inquiries, then there's, there's a gap in the messaging. Obviously, if you're focusing strictly on like client attraction, yes, it will take some time you do have to do like consistently generating, bringing new eyeballs to your page, but then it's also writing caption in a captivating way that speaks to a very specific person. Mm -hmm. So I find that a lot of the times the gap is in the offer and messaging their, their content doesn't speak specifically to a person and it doesn't really add a lot of relevancy to someone's life. And one thing that I see a lot is, um, three ways to journal one, two, three, and then the call to action could be, I hope this was helpful. Right. So <laughs> you're like your ideal client isn't laying in bed thinking, I wish I knew how to journal. They're thinking, man, I wish I was just more confident or I wish I knew myself better. I wish I didn't have these thoughts or beliefs. So it's thinking about what, what problem can I solve today? And it really comes down to knowing your niche and knowing your, your ideal client on a psychographic level, not how old they are, what car they drive, not the demographics, like that doesn't matter. <laughs> you really want to understand their fears or pains and desires. So like the psychographics of it all and speak specifically to that, right? So if you're educating your ideal clients on maybe some journaling prompts to make it more enticing, it's like... Um, you know, these are the journaling prompts that I use to overcome this belief. And then you want to go down and and be so much more specific. Okay. I talked about the first thing is I outlined my future self. What did it look like? What did it feel like? And really painting that picture. So as a reader, they're envisioning it. They see more value in, in, in taking the journal prompts rather than here you go. Um, and then really painting that story and picture and having a very strong, call to action because people do want like need to be told what to do so is it are you telling them to message you are you selling something like where do you want to direct them to wherever it is it like needs to be stated and have a call to action Mm -hmm. um there are so many different content types and different um formulas for each one that I that I teach but a lot of the ones a lot of people put out educational content And while it's great because you want to state your authority and show that you can help them, but you want to go a little bit deeper, like the journal prompts, like you don't want to be a Google 2.0, like go deeper into it Mm -hmm. and understand why are you telling them this? Like, what's the intention of it? And what do you want them to get out of it? Yeah, I love that. And I want to also circle back and just say, like, let's just drop the word hope altogether. <laughs> like, I I feel like 
you know, when you say like, oh, like, I hope this was helpful, or I hope you enjoyed this, Mm. that kind of like triggers people to be like, wait, did I actually enjoy this? Like, did I actually learn something from this? And it's going to be so hard for somebody to believe that you can provide a result if you use really passive language that Mm. sound like you're not even sure of it. (laughs) Yeah, actually, you raised such a great point is like, as you were saying that I'm thinking I'm like, if I am the authority and the expert, it's like, no, I know you will get value from this. I'm not hoping. (laughs) I'm not hoping for you to like get value. It's if you actually take the information and take the insight of what I am saying, rather than just reading the post, Mm -hmm. it will make a difference. Yeah. So that is such a really great point is I never really like put those two together. <laughs> yes, I love everything you said. And I feel like that's going to be so helpful to anyone listening who maybe is feeling challenged by coming up with content ideas or, you know, wondering why they post about something and no one's really responding to it. So I'm super excited about that. Um, but I also want to talk a little bit about lead generation, because I know that's something that you just mentioned And I'm kind of getting the feeling that a lot of people listening might not be too familiar with it just yet. So do you want to share a bit more about what that is? Yeah, absolutely. So with basically with lead generation, it's bringing new people to your page, bringing more eyeballs to your page and getting a lot more visible because at the end of the day, people are like, how am I like going to get clients? Clients are all around this. They're existing everywhere. It's how can you put yourself in front of the right person at the right time with the right message? Mm -hmm. And so it's really creating that visibility. It's anointing yourself into the audience of where my ideal clients hang out and, you know, how can I put myself in front of them? Because Mm -hmm. the audience already exists. And so when you're doing lead generation, whether you're using Instagram or um, Facebook, it's, really try to one, know where your ideal clients are, who they are, where they hang out, who they follow and engaging with them. How can I bring them to my page? How can I get them to notice me? How can I get them to see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And when they land on your page and they see your content, that's where they're going to be able to read and be like, wow, this person's like literally speaking to me. One, either I'm going to message them or two, I want to know who they are a little bit more. So I'm going to give them a follow because I like their content. Mm -hmm. And so you want to constantly be bringing in new people, whether it's adding friends or you're going down the rabbit hole of hashtags and you're (laughs) commenting and liking and doing the whole engagement. Um, But it is something, especially as a new coach, you have to be bringing that traffic to you and you need to, it needs to be a daily focus, but you also really need to focus on building connections, especially in the first few months or the first year is the, the visibility, the connections and the lead gen, like literally that's, and, and content creation. Those are the only four things that you need to be <laughs> focusing on um, is one, how can I write content that speaks to my ideal clients? Two, where are they? Three, how can I get them to notice me? Like, how can I bring them over? So with lead generation, I would I mean, the more you focus on it, coincidentally, the more you grow, but you have to have boundaries around it. So mm-hmm. if someone here is listening and they're new and they want to focus more on lead gen, I would even fo- like put an hour aside, 45 minutes, however much time you can, but really engaging and finding accounts that are looking like your ideal client, somebody that you can help 
Um, there's obviously things that you want to look at, but how can I build a connection with this person? How can I make an impact on them? Not really going in with the intention of, oh, like, how can I sell this person? That will just naturally like unfold, but it's really important to be bringing new eyeballs, whether it's doing story takeovers or um, just engaging on Facebook or Instagram or even like a podcast or webinars. Like there's so many ways, like the, the clients are out there. It's how can you put yourself there? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Those are such golden tips. And I love how you focus so much on like the connection and relationship piece and, you know, not just seeing people as like sales and dollar signs mm-hmm. and numbers and followers, right? Like actually valuing and respecting the person and like seeing them for who they are and, you know, looking to get to know people. And I feel like even just like as a client and as a customer, like on that side of things, it feels so much better to know that someone is, you know, actually approaching in that kind of perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it goes such a long way. I find, like, I always say relationships first and starting with a relationship really helps your your bottom line. And you want to think of it, we get messages all the time, like the cold <laughs> messages. It's like, how do you feel when you receive that? You most likely, if they're in your request folder, you probably just delete them. Or if they yeah, just pop know. in and they send you, a, <laughs> send you a link to a Facebook group where they don't even know, like, if you're an ideal client or if you're going to benefit from the group, they look at it as like a numbers game. And yes, of course it's sales. It's a numbers game. But when you are starting with relationships and you're nurturing and thinking like, I'm here to make an impact and getting genuinely interested in that other person to one, see if you can even help them too, if they even want your help. And then if you've discovered that through a qualification process, you we're like, oh, okay, well, you know what? This is exactly what I help my clients with. Would you like to hear about it? Like, it's really just going, like having the conversation naturally mm-hmm. unfold. And I'm, I'm huge on relationships because it just helps, like either they're going to become a client, maybe they co- become somebody that you collaborate with, or maybe they're going to be a raving fan of yours. They're just going to be a, a supporter. Mm-hmm. Either way, you have now built some level of connection. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. So I'd love to hear from you as well, a little bit about pricing. And I know that's something that can come up a lot for new coaches is undercharging, undervaluing, not really feeling comfortable to set a higher price for, you know, the fear that, oh, I'm too new. I'm not qualified, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to hear, you know, your best tips for increasing our worthiness and really seeing our value and, you know, kind of leaving behind the days of molding our offer to just anyone who comes along. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I literally just was, I, when I did a training on this and I just was on a client call where we, where we talked about this because it's, it's so common where people come onto the space and they just slap a price. And they slap a price on their worth of what they think that they're worth. What they really need to be slapping a price on is what the transformation is worth for the client, right? If I'm helping somebody go from $0 to $5,000 a month, I have now showed that person a proven process that they can now make $60,000 a year, right? It's not like I'm just helping them for four months and, and giving them the pathway of making 5k a month or more, I'm giving them like 
the longevity of their business of how they can do a rinse and repeat process. Mm -hmm. And not even that it's, what does that do for their life? Are they now, can they quit their corporate job? Can they be location independent? Do they want to travel? Like, what does it actually look for their life and their business is where you want to be pricing at. Mm -hmm. Um, I have different like ways that I help my clients price based on like level of expertise, pricing on transformation. Um, So there's a lot of different ways you can do it, but you really want to think of one, you want to channel in your higher self, like bring in that inner Beyonce and know that you're worth the transformation Mm -hmm. um, is you really want to think about one, what does it mean for their business and life? What am I truly providing them? And what is like the outcome worth to their, to them? Like, what are they saving by investing in you? What are they losing if they don't invest in you? And what is your level of expertise? Obviously, you need to be integrous when you're invest when you're pricing and putting your money where your mouth is. Mm-hmm. But what is your expertise? How long did it take you to learn this? Or um, what, like, what time did you invest to learn this? Like the readings, the books, the certificates, the the background, the corporate, the school. Like, you have to do. You have to factor all of that in. It's not you're coming online and you're pricing you as an individual. Mm -hmm. So taking all of those things into consideration and, you know, if you're really, really new and you're not too sure what like the outcome is, obviously like you could totally work with some beta clients. I never recommend doing anything for free. I really believe those that pay, pay attention. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) And (laughs) so, you know, even if you're, you, you're starting out and you, you, want to, you know, start at $800 a month per person. And one of the ways that I help my clients and what I teach is like the different phases. So kind of like when you're getting, if you, if you drive and you were getting your oil change, it says, okay, either come on this date or come when you hit 30 miles. So if you're, if you're in the starting out and you're, okay, I'm going to start at $800 a month because it feels good to me. It makes sense based on my expertise and all of that. Now I just want my, my methodology like vetted out. And so either you do that for three months at 800 bucks, or maybe your first five clients, whichever one comes first. And then once you do that, you can move to the next phase. So maybe the next phase is 300 or $1,200 a month and just incrementally increase based on your learnings, because that's say nine months down the road, you're a different person. You've invested a lot in yourself. Your entire brand and business has probably changed. And so your prices do need to reflect that too. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Those tips are incredible. And I'm like, I wish I had this conversation with somebody back when I started my business. I (laughs) I, so I guess to give you like a little bit of context on me, like I started out my coaching business as a spiritual nine to five coach. And that's how I ended up evolving and transitioning into being a spiritual side hustle coach. And because my business was growing and I was excited to coach about business. Like I had studied that when I was a student and worked in corporate sales, but all of a sudden I got like all of this fear because I was like, Oh, well now I'm coaching business. I've only had an online business for like X amount of months. Like how can I charge, you know, this amount, but I forgot that I had a business degree and that I worked in sales. And like, I only just saw like that one small piece of my journey and didn't realize Mm -hmm. like 
how much more I could share. And I think what's really important that you mentioned as well, that I really hope everyone walks away with is like, even looking at you, it's like, you're not necessarily selling, you know, marketing strategies, you're selling the opportunity for somebody to change their life, to quit their job, to have this like dream business. And I think a lot of times when we're so new, we think only just like that kind of like short term win or like Mm -hmm. whatever that little goal is, but not realizing like, oh my God, like this is really helping somebody with X, Y, and Z. And like, that's huge. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So it's really taking into fact of what does it mean for the longevity of their business for like the bigger picture rather than in just that three, four month or two month program that you have, because it goes beyond that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So excited about that. And I want to ask you as well, a little bit about your business journey and, you know, when kind of along did you start your business? Were you still in your corporate job at the time? And, you know, what advice do you have for anyone right now who is still juggling the two? Yeah, I had quite the, quite the journey. It was such a roller coaster. I started last um, July, so in 2019. And I, I went in where I'm like, this is going to be fun. I'm going to do so many things. And I just thought, people were going to flock to me. I thought I'm going to set up an Instagram. I'm going to have, I'm going to put an epic bio up, going to write some amazing content and I'm just going to be making 10K months in like no time. (laughs) That was far from the truth. (laughs) It took me about, um, I want to say six months, maybe seven, maybe I, no, actually five or six months. Um, July, August, September, October, November. Yeah, I booked my first client in November. It was closer to my birthday, actually, around this time. So it took me five months to book my first client. Yeah, and I- and then after that, it was like, yeah, it it took it took a while. I was like, I'm doing all the things. I'm like listening to what these gurus are saying. I'm doing that, but nothing's working. And I'm like, what am I missing? Where's this secret sauce? So I was like. Uh, on all the webinars, I have a graveyard full of freebies of like done for you courses. Like I was doing it all. And I'm like, what, what's going on? And so we don't really see our gaps and our blind spots and like what we're actually like missing. And so with that journey, I mean, yeah, five months to book my first client. And then it kind of was like, okay, like when's the next one? And then I'm like, wow, I have to do that again. And, and then eventually like, I just, kind of detached from everything. And I'm like, I'm just going to come with the perspective of I'm here to provide content. I'm here to provide value. How can I like, how can I one network build connections and you know, whose life can I change today? Like what piece of content that can I put out that's going to help someone? Mm -hmm. And I just started doing that. And eventually the next client, the next client, the next client, and just had like this like ripple effect where I'm like, okay, like, I've, I've built up the credibility. I built up that social proof. I feel like I did all that I could. And then obviously having mentors and coaches along the way that, that really helped me scale my business forward mm-hmm. is where, what got me to where I am today. And I feel like without the help and the support and pulling those people in, I'd be continuously spinning my wheels and trying to figure it out. So I, I it kind of came to a point of, okay, I had to throw my hands up and say, at what point do I get help? Because I felt like having 14 years of sales experience and a marketing background, I'm like, I don't need help. Like I got this, but 
my ego was like <laughs> doing all the talking. And so, yeah, I got the help that I needed, pulled in the people. And I found that as soon as I started doing that and, and investing in myself, other people started seeing me as like, I was kind of getting rewarded by the universe. I was putting my money where my mouth is. I'm telling people that hire me and I'm going to help you. But meanwhile, I'm not hiring anybody to help me. So I feel like there was a disconnect. Yeah. And yeah, once that happened, I pulled in the people. Now I'm like in the process of like expanding my product suite and growing and um, having that support through implementation is really what's been a game changer for me. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Thank you so much for sharing that. I feel like there are so many people in this community who are going to hear your story and just really feel seen because I feel like it's so easy to just jump online, like you said, and be like, yes, like this is the best offer ever. Like I can't wait for people. Mm-hmm. To Everyone's going to sign up and be like, we're the people. And yep. <laughs> the hardest part is just to like keep going and trust it. it's going to happen. And I always say like, the only way that you won't find success is if you just decide to stop. And exactly. a lot of times if we don't see that success right away, then we feel like it's time for us to stop. So I would really love to hear like from you in those five months, you know, what, what kept you going, what helped you to stay consistent? Because I know that sometimes that can be the time where it's like, man, like how long can I keep doing this? Yeah. Yeah. Patience is definitely a virtue. (laughs) And when you're thinking about like building a business, you have to understand like it, it does take somewhere up to three years. Like, it's not like you just saw like come online and you're an overnight success or you're, you, you download a freebie and now you have some knowledge and you feel better that all of a sudden, like if free information was all it took, like we would all be millionaires (laughs) by now. Right. And so for me, it was really figuring out like, what's the bigger purpose is really having a bigger why. Like, yeah, we all want to make money. Yeah. We all want to be our own boss. Yeah. We want, to do whatever it is that we want, but you have to really think about why am I doing this and really keeping that vision in mind. And for me, it's uh, like when I have a family, I, I don't want to go to work. I want to be home. I want to stay home. I want to be able to like help my mom and give back and support. So I'm thinking about the bigger cause, the bigger why of what I'm doing. And I knew that consistency is key and patience is important. And the only way that I won't be successful, as you said, is if I just stopped. And I find that a lot of people do that before they even give themselves a fair chance at succeeding Mm -hmm. because you're trying to do something you've never done before. And you can't solve your problem at the same level of thinking. And so you're, you're wanting all of this, but the energy that you put out is, is the, quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. And so those beliefs and like, it was a lot of like rewiring my brain that and still work that I do daily is what do I say? Like, what are those conflicting values that I, that I say that I want? So I would say be patient, really figure out what that bigger why is and always holding that to your heart, like write it down, read it every morning, record it on a phone, whatever it is that you need to do and, and hold that close to your heart because it gets, it's tough. Like 
it, times get hard, right? Like there's different seasons of business, whether you're in a sales season or you're in a growth phase or you're, you're harvesting, right? For the next product and the next thing that you have coming out. So it's really keeping that close to your heart because I would be lying to say it, it doesn't like as soon as you pass a hurdle, it's going to be smooth sailing, <laughs> right? So it's, yeah, keeping all of that close to you. Oh my gosh. Well, Christina, this has seriously been so amazing. I want to thank you so much for being on the show today and we talk about this stuff for hours. Like I just, I feel like everyone's going to love this. Um, but before we go, do you have any last bits of advice or kind of just any quick last words that you would love to leave us with? Um, sure. Yeah, I would say, okay. So, um, thank you. I know. Covered a lot, I know. <laughs> Is, um, yeah, keep going. Uh, just stay at it. Be consistent. I do have a ton of trainings and like free resources on all about creating content and really scaling your business, monetizing your zone of genius. And if you want to come over and connect with me on IG, it's on Instagram. It's where I spend most of my time. You can come say hi. Um, and then I can for sure guide you in the right direction. So feel free to reach out or DM me at all. I'm here to support and you can find me at Christina Cernese. It's one word. Perfect. Well, we'll put the links down below for everything so we can all come hang out with you and do all of your trainings. But thank you so much for being on the show. This has been incredible. Thanks for having me. Of course. And thanks to everyone for listening. I'll talk to you all next week. Thanks for listening and letting me guide you to your most spiritual side hustle. If you love the show, I would be so grateful to hear from you in an iTunes review and be sure to come hang out with me over on Instagram at the court Barrett and join my free Facebook community, the spiritual side hustle society for even more daily inspo and tips. Now, what are you waiting for? Go out there and live your soul's purpose. And I'll talk to you next time.